the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, sponsored by Legacy Precious Metals. There's never been a better time to invest in precious metals. Visit LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's LegacyPMInvestments.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us! That's right! I love this American ride! Todd Starnes. All right, well, hello everybody. Welcome to the Todd Starnes Radio Program. So happy to have you with us today. Wow, Uh, do we have a a lot of ground to cover today. Go and write down our telephone number. You will need this if you plan on calling into the program, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, brand new Fox News polling data out over the weekend. Pretty fascinating. Donald Trump is crushing the competition. And by crushing, I mean everybody, even Ron DeSantis uh, is going down in defeat. We're going to get to those numbers in just a little while. So, uh, And by the way, we want to welcome all of our new uh, listeners on Twitter, now broadcasting on Twitter, Rumble, Getter, YouTube, you name it. So anyway, glad to have all of you folks hanging out with us today. So I want to start out with this story involving Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, the cartoon strip. You know, one of the things I really miss about about newspapers is the cartoon pages. I mean, they used to be – that was the first place you would go to, right? Of course, now nobody reads the newspapers. So uh, cartoons have sort of gone by the wayside. But back in the day, back in the day, Dilbert was right up there. It was sort of like the, the working man's Doonesbury, if you will. So anyway, the creator of – Dilbert is is a conservative. His name is Scott Adams. And over the weekend, he got himself in a lot of trouble. I mean, if you if you read the news, if you read the newspapers, if you read the blogs, that they would have you believe that that Scott Adams is some sort of a raging um racist, that he hates black people and he was telling America to to run away from blacks and to not live in a neighborhood with a black person. And when I first saw this, I thought, good Lord, who, what was, what's going on there? Sounds like Scott was off his rocker. But as it happens to be with the mainstream media, you can never, ever, ever trust the first blush of things. You just can't do it. So it turns out that the newspapers and the media, they got it wrong. And I know everybody and their brother is out there calling Scott a racist. I get that. But but you have to understand the context within which he said what he said. And we're going to play what he said. We had to bleep out a couple of words, but we'll play exactly what he said. 
And we're also going to explain the context of this, which is very important. Now, could he have framed it a different way? Yes, absolutely. Is he a racist? Absolutely not. But somebody is a racist, and we're going to get to that. So here's what he was weighing in on. And this is important for you to understand this first before we actually play what Dilbert said. So he was responding to a Rasmussen Reports poll. And Rasmussen, and I have no idea why they did this poll, but they did this poll, and here was the the poll question. They went around and asked people if it was okay to be white. Now, I'll just randomly ask our, our team here, and you can just nod your head or shake your head. Guys, is it okay to be white? All right, more or less. All right, we're getting to more or less. All right, hands up in the air. So according to the survey, 72% of Americans believe it is okay to be white. 53% of blacks agree that it's okay to be white. And people are celebrating that, but they ought not to be celebrating because that means 47% of blacks, which is a pretty large number, don't believe it's okay to be white. And so my question is, if it's not okay to be white, what does that mean? Does that mean we have to disappear ourselves? Do we have to suicide ourselves? What does that mean? The survey, I'm reading from the Washington Examiner, analysis of these shocking numbers. The survey appears to be, by the way, Dylan, get me an appointment at the tanning salon. After I, I want him to go extra crispy. The survey appears to be a blow to the narrative in the liberal media and Hollywood that white people are the only racist and that being white is something people should be ashamed of. Is that true? Are you ashamed of the color of your skin, Caucasian people? The statement, it's okay to be white, was first pushed on right-wing websites and then picked up in in speeches by influencers. It has since been decried as a hate champ by the Anti-Defamation League. So why is it? I never have understood this. Why is it okay? I I don't feel the need. I I believe it's okay to be white. I don't believe I need to go out there and just tell people randomly on the street, hey, you know, it's okay to be white. In the last week, for example, Portland, Maine, that's all of you WLOB people, Portland, Maine has seen protests against a former city council candidate's okay sign. The Rasmussen survey showed that most think that nobody has the market on racism because there's actually there's this belief that only white people can be racist. This is fascinating. In the survey, for example, those who disagreed with both statements were a very small percentage, an equal 12% somewhat strong, somewhat too strongly disagree with both statements. But the largest majorities agreed. Asked about agreeing with the statement, it's okay to be white, 58% strongly agreed. When asked if black people can be racist too, 53% strongly agreed. Well, there you go. So that's a pretty horrifying number. That tells me that that 47% who don't believe it's okay to be white, that is racist. And by the way, if you're a white person and you, you don't believe it's okay to be black, you're a racist too. So Scott Adams, reading this survey decided that he was going to do one of these uh, video blogs, and, and here's what he had to say. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. 
That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the f*** away. Wherever you have to go, just get away. Because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Right? This can't be fixed. You just have to escape. So that's what I did. I went to a neighborhood where you know I have a very low black population. Because unfortunately, there, you know, there's a high correlation between the density. And this is according to Don Lemon, by the way. Um, so here I'm just quoting Don Lemon when when he notes that the when he lived in a uh, mostly black neighborhood, there were a bunch of problems that he didn't see in white neighborhoods. So even Don Lemon sees a big difference in your own quality of living based on where you live and who's there. So I, I think it makes no sense whatsoever as a uh, white citizen of America to try to help black citizens anymore. It doesn't make sense. It's no longer a rational impulse. And so I'm, I'm going uh, to back off from being helpful to black America because it doesn't seem like it pays off. Like I've been doing it all my life and I've been, the only outcome is I, be, I get called a racist. That's the only outcome. <laughs> it makes no sense to help black Americans if you're white. Uh, the, the, it's over. Don't, don't even think it's worth trying. Totally not trying. All right, so so there you go. That's that's what he said. The that is the entirety of his remarks, and because of those remarks, he is now being smeared as a racist. As a matter of fact, hundreds of newspapers around the nation have dropped the Dilbert comic strip from their lineup, calling it a racist tirade. You heard what he just said. Was that a racist tirade? He called black Americans a hate group. That's what the, I'm reading this from CNN. He called black Americans a hate group, suggesting that white people should get the hell away from them. But ladies and gentlemen, that's not what he said. He was talking about the 47% of black Americans who don't think white people should exist. And yeah, I would consider that to be hateful. I would consider that to be hateful if a bunch of white people said the same thing about black Americans. So the USA Today Network, and they operate tons of newspapers, they pulled the plug on the comic strip. So did the Washington Post and the Cleveland Plain Dealer, all citing the fact that they believe Scott Adams is a raging racist. Is he a racist, though? Is he a racist? Now, I want to qualify some of the things he said. I don't agree with everything Scott Adams said. You see, I even though... Even though that 47% may hate me because of the color of my skin, I am compelled by my faith, by faith in God, to love people no matter what, to care about them, and to reach out and lend a helping hand. That's what my faith compels me to do, and my faith compels me even to reach out and extend a hand of fellowship to those 47% who are racist. That's what my faith tells me to do. But he does have a point, if you think about it. Would you move to a neighborhood? Just think about this. and Just look inside of your heart and your soul for a moment. Would you move to a neighborhood where you knew there was a good chance that most of the people in that neighborhood 
would hate your guts simply because you were born a different skin color. And I think that's what Scott Adams is is trying to say here. I think. But I don't believe what he said was racist. And again, you have to understand things in, in context. As a matter of fact, Don Lemon, and Kyle, just holler at me when we get this audio, but Don Lemon actually did bring up those same issues when he was talking about things that the the black community needed to do. Take take a listen. Because black people, if you really want to fix the problem, here's just five things that you should think about doing. Here's number five. And if, if, if this doesn't apply to you, if you're not doing this, then it doesn't apply to you. I'm not talking about you. Here's number five. Pull up your pants. Walking around with your ass and your underwear showing is not okay. In fact, it comes from prison when they take away belts from the prisoner so that they can't make a weapon. And then it evolved into which role a prisoner would have during male-on-male prison sex. The one with the really low pants is a submissive one. You get my point? Number four now is the N-word. By promoting the use of that word when it's not germane to the conversation, have you ever considered that you may just be perpetuating the stereotype the master intended, acting like Now, number three, respect where you live. Start small by not dropping trash, littering in your own communities. I've lived in several predominantly white neighborhoods in my life. I rarely, if ever, witness people littering. I live in Harlem now. It's an historically black neighborhood. Every single day I see adults and children dropping their trash on the ground when a garbage can is just feet away. Just being honest here. Number two, finish school. You want to break the cycle of poverty? Stop telling kids they're acting white because they go to school or they speak proper English. A high school dropout makes on average $19,000 a year. A high high school graduate makes $28,000 a year. A college graduate makes $51,000 a year. Over the course of a career, a college grad will make nearly a million dollars more than a high school graduate. That's a lot of money. And number one, and probably the most important, just because you can have a baby, it doesn't mean you should, especially without planning for one or getting married first. More than 72% of children in the African-American community are born out of wedlock. That means absent fathers. And the studies show that lack of a male role model is an express train right to prison. And the cycle continues. And by the way, it's, he's absolutely right. But you know what? It's also true on on the white side of the equation and the Hispanic side of the equation and the Asian-American side of the equation. All of all of our every ethnicity out there, they need those things. They need moms and dads in the home. But it seems to me that what we ought to be talking about, and and I'm not surprised that, that they're not talking about this, is that 47 percent of the black population believes that it's not okay to be white. In other words, they want to eradicate white people or whiteness. I don't know. I don't know what they want. Maybe there should have been a follow-up question. Okay, so fine, you don't think it's okay to be white. What should we do with all the white folk? We need to be talking about where that kind of mindset's coming from because I don't believe black moms and black dads are having those conversations around the dinner table that they should hate white people. I don't believe that for one for one one second. But I do believe this is coming from public schools, this is coming from critical race theory. This is coming from Black Lives Matter. And if we don't wake up folks, this is going to destroy our country. So that's why we've got to talk about this stuff on the radio. That's why we have to address it head on.
Do you believe that Scott Adams is a racist for what he said? Or do you believe the 47% of blacks who think that being white is wrong? That's the racism. 844-747-8868. We're going to be taking your calls on this. That's 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. The Biden administration has caused a financial crisis, and they don't have a clue how to fix it, folks. Our economy is in trouble, and you need to take steps to protect yourself. Now, if all your money is tied up in stocks, bonds, and traditional markets, you're vulnerable. Gold is one of the best ways to protect your retirement. No matter what happens, you own your gold. It's real, it's physical, and it's always been valuable since the dawn of time. Legacy Precious Metals is the company I trust for investing in gold. They can help you roll your retirement account into a gold-backed IRA where you still own the physical gold. They can also ship gold and precious metals safely and securely to your house. Did you know a million dollars worth of gold can fit in a shoebox? Call Legacy at 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. That's 866-649-0304 or visit them online at LegacyPMInvestments.com. All right, just a final thought to put a ribbon on this this story involving Scott Adams, the creator of the Dilbert cartoon, now public enemy number one. You know, again, I think a lot of this, a lot of this hate being directed at at white people is is a result of the public education system. And the fact that for the past how many years now they've been teaching critical race theory, this idea that white people are oppressing black people, people of color. And I was doing a little research for the new book. This is from the Jewish Virtual Library. Do you know who else was engaged in teaching racial theory? The Nazis were. 1933, 97, or 1937, 97% of all teachers in Germany belong to the National Socialist Teachers Union. Every single member had to submit an ancestry table in triplicate. Every course, every textbook reflected the aims of Hitler. And one of the topics that teachers were required to teach was racial theory and by extension, quote, the Jewish problem. This coming from Jewish Virtual Library. .org. Any of this sound familiar, folks? And so this had been going on for years leading up to World War II. And so it really was not that big of a stretch for the, the German people to embrace Hitler because this is what they had been taught in their schools. They were indoctrinated from day one. So all I'm saying is you better be very careful about what's happening in our public school system. This is very dangerous, very dangerous. And that's why if you can, you need to be homeschooling your kid or you need to be getting your kid into a private Christian school, a a parochial Catholic school, whatever. you got to get them out of this public school system. In the meantime, we still have to fight this propaganda, this ugly, nasty, racist propaganda that's being spewed in American public classrooms. We got to get a handle on this, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we got to take a break here. 844 747 8868, toll free telephone number. That's 844 747 8868. By the way, now is a great time to head over to the website, toddsterns.com. We have all sorts of great stories, 
great content from you, courtesy of our managing editor, Caleb Park. All right, folks, uh, coming up, Matt Schlapp from CPAC's going to be here. Also, Congressman David Kostoff is going to drop by. You're going to have a great show. Stick around, everybody. This is the Todd Stern Show. Just when you thought it could not get any better, Mike Lindell with MyPillow is launching the MyPillow 2.0. When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that's made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. And for my listeners, an exclusive. The MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free with the promo code STARNS. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com slash Starns. That's MyPillow.com slash Starns for the buy one, get one free offer and enter the promo code Starns. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hey, by the way, now is a great time to get some information on our upcoming Stand with Israel tour. Very excited about this. We're going to be taking a group of about 100 of you good people to Israel for seven days, seven nights. It's going to be an incredible experience, and we would love for you to be a part of that. Very simple. All you have to do is go to ToddSterns.com to get more information. You'll see the link right at the top of the page. You can also call Dylan, and we'll be more than happy to take your information and have someone contact you. That number is 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. All right, very interesting survey out of Fox News, and I'll explain why this is very interesting. There is new polling data that shows Donald Trump continues to lead Ron DeSantis. According to the latest Fox News poll, 43% of Republican primary voters believe Donald Trump is going to be their guy. 43%. Ron DeSantis, 28%. And here's the lineup. These are all the folks that are polling. Nikki Haley, 7%. Mike Pence, 7%. Greg Abbott and Liz Cheney, 2% apiece. Now, the reason why this is, is interesting and fascinating is because Fox News has banned Donald Trump from their airwaves. They will not cover his rallies. They will not cover his speeches. He has not been invited to be a guest on any of the shows. So what's fascinating is that his numbers are still high, even though he's been banned from Fox News. Now, what does that tell you? Is it possible that Fox News, even though they are anti-Trump, may not be all that influential in Republican circles anymore. Is is that possible? There were a number of other folks in the poll, but all of those people got less than 1% of the vote among Republican primary voters. Now, what's interesting is if you take Trump out of it, well, DeSantis at that point gets 42%, Mike Pence at 23%, and Nikki Haley trailing at 6%. And Haley, so far, is the only person who's actually thrown her name into the ring. 
That does not bode well for Nikki Haley. So my question, ladies and gentlemen, who do you support in 2024? Are you are you buying these polling results from Fox News? By the way, Paul Ryan from Fox, Paul Ryan's on the board of directors at Fox. He says that if Trump is the nominee, he will boycott the RNC. Cut number two. Come 2024, the Republican National Convention in Milwaukee, where will you be? It, uh, it depends on who the nominee is. I'll be here if it's somebody not named Trump. You won't show up if it's not. If yeah, it's I'm not Trump. interested in participating in that, no. Even in Wisconsin. Even Wisconsin. Well, there you go. He's just like an establishment. You know, these establishment types, these rhinos, Republicans in name only, they're out there telling you, you better support our candidate. And if you don't, you're not really a Republican. And yet when when someone else gets the nomination instead of their guy, then all of a sudden they decide they're going to abandon the party. It's a double standard. It's hypocrisy. That's exactly what it is. By the way, there, Ronna McDaniel was out over the weekend talking about how they're going to make all the Republican candidates sign a pledge, an oath, that if they don't get the nomination, they're still going to support and fight for the nominee, whoever that person is. And a lot of people are saying, ooh, ooh, is, is Trump going to sign it? Well, why would he not sign it? As a matter of fact, he signed it the last time they demanded that the candidate sign it. And guess what happened? Jeb Bush, who signed the agreement, who signed the oath, the pledge, he betrayed his oath and refused to support Donald Trump. As far as I know, Jeb Bush was not punished for breaking his commitment to his own party. But Donald Trump did. Well, yeah, I know he was. Yes, I know Donald Trump was the nominee, but he supported himself. So he lived up to the the word of his oath. So there you go. The the only honorable the only honorable person in all of this happened to be Donald Trump. That's the great irony here. Jeb Bush, Mister High and Mighty. Jeb Bush went out there and said, "Well, I'm going to sign an oath." Because I'm a Bush, and that's what Bushes do. We sign oaths. We keep our word. Well, he's a liar because he reneged on the oath. I'm telling you, that's just what happened. All right, let's go to the phone lines here, 844-747-8868. Let's go to Mike in Chattanooga, Tennessee, listening to us on Nuga Radio. Mike, what's your two cents worth? Hi, as always, you sound great. I didn't call for this. I'm going to put my two cents on what you just said. They should be thanking Donald Trump because because of him, Roe versus Wade is gone. The Bushes and the Romneys, I used to call them nitwit mint. Um, they're, they're just a bunch of corporate communists. That's what they are. The well, Republican me, corporate communists. Mike, let me say this. So the re, yeah, but, but Bush, uh, George W. was probably pro-life, but the wife, she was a raging pro-abortionist. And so was Mitt Romney and and his wife. Yeah. Oh, I agree. Listen, you know me. I'm I'm right of a the Hun. Uh, I'm a Caucasian. I hate the word white. I don't believe that poll. I like to see the question they used, and I certainly don't trust Fox anymore. It, this is race baiting. And, and here's what it comes down to. I like most people I meet. And the ones I don't like, I want to hang around with more, like the liberals and the Democrats, and so I, can, so I can annoy them. I get joy out of annoying them, agitating them. So when I hang around people of different color, I never have an issue. doesn't matter if it's in Philly, Chattanooga, Atlanta, never have an issue. I, I think it's a lie. I just think it's a lie. And on time, listen, I, Muslim friends, I have Muslim friends, I got people, 
And it's what you said. We, we're supposed to. Oh, did we lose Mike? Mike, I think we lost you. Give us a holler back. Um, all right, let's go to Suzanne in Georgia. Hi, Suzanne. What's on your mind? All right, I believe we are having an issue with the phone lines. Uh, my apologies, ladies and gentlemen. We'll try to get that worked out. 844-747-8868 is our telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Now, they also asked, and I, I just I find this to be very interesting, and I'm fascinated by this, but they also asked whether or not the candidates should have some sort of a cognitive exam. This came from Nikki Haley, who is 51. The test would apply to both Joe Biden, who is 80, and President Trump, who is 76. So according to the Fox survey, more millennials, that's 83% of millennials, 84% of Gen Xers want the test. Baby boomers, only 66%. They don't care. Well, that's because the baby boomers are of that age group. 87% of Republicans, 74% of independents also believe that there should be some sort of a cognitive test for old people who run for the White House. This is, it's fascinating. But again, in spite of it all, in spite of all of the negative press, in spite of Fox News Channel saying we're going to do our best to make sure Donald Trump is not elected, in spite of the Republican establishment saying, you know what, we're not going to we're not going to let Donald Trump be elected, in spite of all of that, Donald Trump is still far and away the number one choice of Republicans. Does that surprise you, ladies and gentlemen? 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Well, our good friend David Horowitz has some amazing news. Uh, He is the best-selling author, brand-new book out called The Final Battle, and David reveals a secret war led by a far-left Democrat and a new woke generation who want to destroy our culture and our freedoms. Horowitz says these folks are in our schools, our churches, even our military. In the book, The Final Battle, he explains that Joe Biden and big media want to stop Trump and DeSantis in 2024, no matter what. Horowitz names the names of the secret players working to change America. Newsmax calls Final Battle the book of the year. Dinesh D'Souza says it's the biggest expose of Joe Biden and the Democratic left ever. So get Final Battle in bookstores right now, or you can take advantage of my free offer and save $28. All you have to do is go to 1-800-NEWSMAX. That's call 1-800-NEWSMAX, or go online to FinalBattle611.com. That's FinalBattle611.com. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right. Well, we got big trouble in Tennessee. The governor is uh, getting ready to sign a bill that would ban children from attending drag performances. Seems like common sense legislation to me. The bill would prohibit adult cabaret entertainment that is harmful to minors. Those who violate the law would face fines up to $3,000 and possible prison time. So there is a Memphis drag queen who's very upset over this, a guy by the name of Slade Kyle, and he is urging people to fight back. So Mr. Kyle was at a Memphis drag bar the other night and decided that, you know what, we're going to have to fight back here, and he invoked the Stonewall riots. Now, before we play this audio, I, I want you to understand what the Stonewall riots were. This was back in the 1960s, New York City. There was a gay bar called the Stonewall Inn, and the police raided the bar. There was a massive riot over several days, and police officers were injured after protesters started throwing bricks. Now, that's important for you to understand when you hear the drag queen in Memphis. Here is Slade Kyle. The Senate has already passed SB3, and this next week, the House will vote on it. If they pass it, it will go on to the governor, and regardless of whether he signs it, here in Tennessee, it can still become a law. If this law passes on April 1st, public drag will now be criminalized. I could go to jail for 15 years for appearing outside in drag. They also seek to classify us as adult cabaret performers. So that means that we would have to get a stripping license. If you have one of those, you cannot also have an alcohol license. So our bar couldn't even serve liquor anymore. This is an attempt to erase drag in Tennessee. This bill will further harm trans people who are literally just living their lives. I need you to contact your house representative and tell them this will not stand. Tell them, urge them to vote no, because if they don't, this will make public pride illegal this year. Now, if you don't know, we've been having public drag in Tennessee for over 50 years, and pride began to commemorate the events of Stonewall. Back in Stonewall, we weren't allowed to do drag. It was criminalized. And so what happened when the cops came in and tried Is to do this Is anybody paying attention? We picked up them bricks and sent them packing. The original Pride was a riot. And if this year we need to remind them that we will fight for our liberation. Somebody's got to be first. We'll sue the state. But whatever happens, we are queer people. We are very strong. And we will rise. 
All right. Well, you know, if you are going to riot, you probably need to wear a sensible shoe. It's uh, stilettos. It's hard to run when you're. Well, anyway. So, so look, a few observations here. Nobody, nobody is telling this guy that he can't put on a skirt and a feather boa and dance to ABBA music. Nobody is telling him that he can't do that. To the contrary, it's America. If you want to open up a gay bar and, and have a drag show, then by golly, have at it. That is your right under the Constitution. But the issue is, should children be allowed to attend those performances? And the answer to that question is no. Just like you wouldn't want a child to show up at the local strip club, right? So I'm not understanding why. Well, I do understand why this guy is so upset because they want to groom the children. They want to indoctrinate the children. Now, last year, we told you about the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus, and they actually sang a song about this. They literally said, we're coming for your children. We'll convert your children. Someone's got to teach them not to hate. for the key change there. Thank you, Kyle. Uh, you think I make this stuff up, folks? No, this was a legitimate song. This is the San Francisco Gay Men's Chorus. And they're singing over and over and over and over again, they're coming for your children. They are. And I would take their word for it. It's not like it was just one time, just over and over. We're coming for your children. We're coming for your children. You better pay attention here, folks. That's what this is all about. And so far, they've been pretty successful in, in their attempts to groom. And that is troubling. But anyway, I w- look, it's um, you should take these people seriously. And this drag queen of Memphis, Tennessee, Slade Kyle, is is openly threatening violence in the streets. And it was interesting as I was listening, you know, the, the, this was happening in the middle of a club, and I, I don't think, were that many people actually listening to the guy? I mean, he was going on some sort of a political rant, and I guess the people there were wanting to, to escape and have a good time. Do whatever they do in a drag bar. So I would take this guy seriously, and and I hope the Memphis Police Department and whoever else, uh, they've got an eye on this fella, because he's threatening to throw bricks at police officers. That's sort of a big deal. By the way, there's another uh, there's another guy um, who is a state lawmaker, and he is gay. He's a Democrat, and he's threatening to out some Republican lawmakers who happen to be gay. I 
I don't know why, but that's that's what they're doing. But again, folks, this has nothing to do with taking away rights from anybody. This has everything to do with protecting children. Now, I will say this. If you believe that a five-year-old should be allowed to go inside a gay bar and watch a drag show, then you're a pervert and you need to be dealt with. Uh, if you're a parent and you allow your child, four years old, to go into a gay bar, then you need to have a visit from the Department of Family and Children's Services because that would tell me you are not fit to be a parent. That's all. All right, we're going to take a break. We're working out our phone situation right now, 844-747-8868. I've been told our phone lines are back. We're going to be taking your calls. That's 844-747-8868. By the way, our website, and you can read that story and watch the video of that drag queen over at ToddStarns.com. Hang tight, everybody. We have Congressman David Kostoff coming up next. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And hello, America. Welcome to the Todd Starnes radio program. Happy to have you with us today. Wow, is it going to be a busy week? We are packing up. We're packing up the Buick and heading to Washington, D.C. for CPAC. Uh, we'll be broadcasting the show there uh, for the really for the remainder of the week. And uh, Grace Baker will be there. So we look forward to seeing a lot of our listeners from around the nation. You guys drop by and say hello. Uh, we'll be interviewing a lot of great folks. Uh, I understand uh, Mike Pompeo is going to drop by. Um, we're going to be talking with Nikki Haley. So uh, it's going to be a fun, fun week in the nation's capital. I want to go right now to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line, the guy who apparently fixed our phones, uh, the great congressman from Tennessee, David Kostov. Congressman, good to have you with us. Hey, hey Todd, thank you very much. You, you didn't know how talented I am with all the technology, but I'm glad to help out. I'm glad, <laughs> glad, that you're, glad that you're back, and thank you for having me on today from Washington. Absolutely. Uh, Congressman, uh, I want to kick off with this crazy report from the Department of Energy. Turns out that they do believe the, the COVID virus actually was leaked from that lab in Wuhan. So people weren't crazy after all. No, I mean, so now you've got the Department of Energy, you've got the FBI that that think that this uh, did originate from the from the lab and and Wuhan. That's contrary to what we were told for so so long, and it confirms, unfortunately, a lot of suspicions that that people have had these last three years about the about the origins of of COVID, and you know, frankly, and, I, and I'm glad one thing that. Um, that our Republican leadership did uh, early on this Congress was to create a new special committee that will investigate uh, these Chinese improprieties, which I think uh, which I think is is really really good, and I appreciate uh, appreciate our leadership. It's the Select Committee on the Strategic Competition between the U.S. and the Chinese Communist Party. This this very issue, Todd comes under that committee's jurisdiction. It's bipartisan. Frankly, I know that Speaker McCarthy tried to get 
former Speaker Pelosi to do the same committee, to create the same committee in the last Congress. For whatever reason, she didn't want to, but it's going to be manned by both Republican and Democrat members of, of Congress, and this is going to be one of the things that they continue to to look at, and um, I applaud them. I applaud our Republican leadership. I'm thankful the Department of Energy finally released this report, and, uh, and maybe the mainstream uh, media will pick up on this narrative. And, and maybe social media will allow that narrative to be shared on their platforms, which has been a big problem with all of the censorship of late uh, by conservatives. That's right, Todd. I mean, you, you look back, going back now almost three years, when people on social media opined about this and uh, thought that this that this could be real, that, that, that COVID originated from the Wuhan lab, they were canceled. They were muffled. They were put in Facebook jail. Uh, they were banned from Twitter. And it turns out that, that a lot of these people may have, in fact, been exactly correct and right. So uh, there's going to be a lot of, um, hopefully, some apologies that, that go out. But, but more importantly, uh, the, the confirmation of, of uh, what has come out in the last 24 or 48 hours about the origins of COVID and then the you know then the questions are, well, what do we do with the Chinese? Uh, how do we handle the Chinese? And will the rest of the world pay attention to uh, really what uh, what Donald Trump brought to light almost uh, what almost six seven eight years ago when he came down the when he came down the escalator and he called out the Chinese from that moment. He did. And, of course, our great senator from here in Tennessee, Bill Haggerty, then ambassador, uh, he was warning of the dangers of the Chinese and, and sounding the alarms uh, as, as loud as anybody else out there. Uh, he was. We had, we had a lot of really good, strong conservatives do that. But it's interesting, though, Todd, because, you, you know, you think about before President Trump announced or when he announced back in 2015, you know what the narrative was. Uh, in the mainstream media about about China and, and um, they were our friends and they were our trading partner and this was good for the good for the rest of the world that uh, that we're allowing China to to escalate in terms of their economy and and their and their military uh, power and Trump called them out and said uh, we've we've got to, we've got to pay attention uh, this is not good it's not good for the United States is not good for our economy. It's not good for the rest of the world, and this is this is something that Republicans and Democrats agree on, uh, and, and frankly have agreed on since he started calling this out almost seven and eight years ago. Uh, this information from Pew Research Center, and I, we really didn't need a survey to figure this out, but the monthly encounters with migrants at the border remain near record highs. We understand they've already surpassed the one million mark for the fiscal year, and the the Democrats boycotted this field hearing that that you guys held down in what Yuma over was it last week? Why right, last week? You know, to, to set the stage, and you're right, uh, December, which I think it's the most recent month that we've got statistics on December of 2022, the worst month in the Border Patrol's 22-year uh, record of, of keeping up with these monthly crossings, and it's the 10th month that the southern border had over 200,000 illegal crossings. 
So that's another thing that I applaud our Republican leadership doing what you just talked about is taking the committees out of Washington, D.C., Todd, and taking them to really to real America, to the to the border. My my committee, the Ways and Means Committee, had a hearing a few weeks ago in Petersburg, West Virginia. And we've got another one coming up next week in in Oklahoma. But taking taking the the hearings, Jim Jordan taking the uh, Judiciary Committee to the border. I know uh, Mark Green's going to be taking his Homeland Security Committee to the border, so that. The members of Congress can hear directly from border control agents, local law enforcement, everybody, so that when we're looking at, at legislation and things that we can craft to try to address these problems, that that we're not operating in a vacuum. We're hearing from, again, from people with with experience, and you know, I, I'm glad that Biden went to went to Ukraine, but but. He ought to go to the border. <laughs> he ought to go to he ought to go to Ohio to, to East Palestine and and um, talk to real people who've been afflicted by um, by all these issues, including including the border. Which um, when I talk to local law enforcement, not only do they do they know about migrants, but the uh, the drugs and the fentanyl that are in our communities, whether it's my district or anybody else's, they're coming, Todd directly through the southern border. They're being transported by a number of these people and the cartels. So uh, the bottom line is we've we've got to seal off that border. Yes, we do. We do. And again, I just wish President Biden cared as much about our border as he does Ukraine's border. I I think the country would be in in a heck of a lot better shape. Uh, Congressman, real quick before we let you go, uh, there are a couple of big stories. Uh, Austin, Texas, where the police department there is on the verge of a staffing collapse. Crime is off the charts. New Orleans, it was so bad they had to bring in law enforcement from outside of the city to just to patrol the streets for for Mardi Gras and then here in Memphis where over the weekend 14 people shot two stabbed this morning four other people were shot two dead um how do you you know is there a role for congress um to get involved and and help these cities deal with this out of control crime well in fact about a week and a half ago two weeks ago in the House of Representatives, as it relates to Washington, D.C., where they tried to essentially uh, lessen the penalties for uh, for some of the violent crimes, we we took a vote. We put some Democrats on the record to, um, to, to disavow what the Washington, D.C. Council is trying to do. Senator Bill Haggerty in the Senate has a companion bill in the in the Senate. I think that's going to pass. I think that sends a signal. I hope it sends a signal to other cities across the nation and other states um, who look at decreasing the penalties for these serious violent crimes. You know, you you hit on Austin, Texas. You hit on, uh, pointed out New Orleans. You know, all across the nation, Todd, you have police departments and sheriff's departments. They have a much tougher time recruiting men and women who want to be in law enforcement because a lot of times these uh, these city councils, state legislatures, and and members in Congress who talk about defunding the police, uh, they've, made, they've made the job of law enforcement very, very difficult. So 
there need to be people like like me and others who say we don't need to defund the police. We need to make sure that the police have the tools and the resources that they need so that they can do the job. And when you look at a lot of these violent crimes that are being committed by juveniles, whether it's in Memphis or or other places, there have to be real repercussions, real penalties for um, for what the juveniles are are doing all across the country. And I know in Tennessee, our state legislature uh, is really trying to look at what can be done to make sure that that penalties for juveniles are tough. And that they stick, and that if they're if they're if they're violent enough, or what have you, that those uh, those records will stay with them once they become adults. All right, well said, and Congressman, uh, we really appreciate you taking time uh, to visit with with our national audience, and we always appreciate the great work you're doing up on Capitol Hill. Hey, Todd, thank you very much. Thanks for having me on today. All right, Congressman David Kostoff, ladies and gentlemen, happens to be my congressman uh, from the 8th Congressional District right here in the Volunteer State. All right, uh, we've got to take a break. We're going to the phone lines. Uh, Suzanne and Georgia, hang tight. We're going to get to your call, 844-747-8868, toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Extravaganza. Hope you're doing great today. Hey, let's get to those phones. 844-747-8868. Suzanne in Georgia. WDUN, our great affiliate there. Hi, Suzanne. What's on your mind? Hey, Todd. Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. (laughs) I just wanted to weigh in on this ethnicity thing. Um, You know, there's so much propaganda that, you know, Everybody hates each other. Um, recently, my husband and I, we travel a lot, but we travel to Jacksonville, Florida, to celebrate my uh, mother-in-law's 95th anniversary. And, of course, you stop on the way. You stop at racetrack. I have to tell you, Todd, I don't care whether they were, what color they were. People open the door for me. Thank you, man. This and that. I think we have to stop listening to this propaganda. I think that, really, people are just trying to live their everyday lives, and you have these microcosms of obviously terrible things that are going on. Um, but really, you know, it, young people treat pe- older people nice. I'm 65. They're respectful. And I think we listen to the propaganda too much and just maybe people don't experience it, but we do. And it's, it's, it's upsetting. I mean, because there's hope in that. But, you know, truly, and I will say, too, we were in Jacksonville, Florida, and I did ask some folks at the 95th anniversary, um, I mean, birthday, what do they think about um, DeSantis? And by and large, they all said, we love him, but we don't want him to run for president now. Suzanne, isn't that interesting? Because there are mm-hmm. there are going to be warring factions here. And my concern is you've got the Jeb Bushes. They're throwing all in for DeSantis. It's not because they like DeSantis. They just hate Trump. And my concern is that you're going to have both sides trying to kill each other, and, and that is a bad strategy. I think the stronger strategy is Trump-DeSantis in 2024, if that's the if that's the route we're going to go. But we can't have both those guys trying to kill each other. Yeah, but do you think that would happen, Todd? You, and obviously, I think many people I talk to, I love it, 
But do you think that they're both too, I don't know, Trump has an ego. I don't know. I don't know about DeSantis, but it would be, it would, I don't know. It, but I was, it was really astounding to me that they said, love him but don't want him to run for president right now. And that may be. I, I don't know. I, I would suspect he does have something of an ego, and there's nothing wrong with that. The question is, can he play nice in the sandbox? That would be the, the broader question. Is he willing to take that number two position? Maybe, yeah. and, and maybe, it's your, maybe to your point, it's best that he finishes out his term as, as Florida governor and then run down the road, 2028. I, I That could be a possibility. But at that point, you have to ask yourself, who is the stronger, who is the strongest person outside of DeSantis to be Trump's running mate? True, true. So I just wanted to weigh in, yeah. just to let you get some perspective of locals, what they had to say from different parts of Florida, which I thought was interesting. Uh, you know, this is great. Look, this is great guidance. And uh, Suzanne, you're one of our great citizen journalists. Uh, we appreciate the the intel there. Thank you for listening. Thanks for holding on. Let's go to Ed in North Carolina, WSIC. Hi, Ed. What's going on? Hey, Todd. Uh, yeah, like the young lady said, happy Monday. Uh, um, well, I heard I heard your earlier guest, and you you were you guys were talking about crime, and and then you were talking about the uh, juvenile involvement. In crime, and um, you know, I reluctantly have to agree with uh, Hillary Clinton. They're predators. They they actually are predators. They're not. They're 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 street. They're raised by the gangs. They're raised on the street. Um, but what part of what's missing is if if your dog gets out of your yard and bites the neighbor, you couldn't possibly go to jail for that. Well, why aren't we holding parents accountable? For these uh, these juveniles, that I think that would help. Ed, it's a great question. We had a situation in Memphis last week. They have an 11 year old. He'd already been arrested, I think, nine or ten times, facing 19 charges, many of them felonies. And I and I'm wondering where where's mom, where's dad in all of this, and and why aren't they facing some sort of a charge? Yeah, mom and dad need to be in jail. And if it's the case where they dropped, you know, they they had this kid because they they needed the uh, they wanted the welfare money. Well, if your kid gets arrested or commits a crime, you lose your welfare. I, or something's got to be done, Todd, because these are predators. They will kill you as quick as just and they're like you say, they're ten, eleven years old, and they're they're animals, man. I'm sorry, but they are. They are raising their children to be animals, or just letting them out, letting them loose. And it's terrifying, Ed, and that is a big problem here in Memphis where you've got these 10, 11-year-olds that are literally putting guns to the heads of people and saying, give me, you know, give me the keys to your car. Um, this is no emotion whatsoever. None. No emotion None whatsoever. whatsoever. None. And and it's hard to believe unless you live it every day. And and people in Memphis are shell-shocked. I mean, it's, it's tough right now uh, in this city, and we've got to get it under control. Ed, appreciate that call. Uh, Folks, hang tight. 844-747-8868. Toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. What is the answer to this child crime problem we got? Do we throw mom and dad in jail? This is the Todd Stearns Radio Show. Hello, America. 
America. Welcome back to the Todd Starnes Radio Show. Have you been following these reports of all the uh, the books that are being banned? I mean, you had Dr. Seuss, Little House on the Prairie, To Kill a Mockingbird. I think Huckleberry Finn that got canceled, and uh, just the well. Oh, don't forget about uh, Harry Potter books. And so now uh, the words come down uh, that they're going after James Bond books. And they have decided, the publisher of James Bond, they've decided to remove any content from these novels that might be considered racist or offensive. And they're calling them sensitivity edits. Now, you might remember that these were novels. The movies were based on a series of novels written by Ian Fleming. And James Bond, of course, the greatest spy movies of all time. Even old Whoopi Goldberg over at The View says, this is nuts. This is absolutely nuts. And she says it's offensive that any kind of James Bond novels would be re-edited to remove content. By the way, the children's books written by uh, Roald Dahl are going through the same kind of rewrites to take out any sort of offensive material. And I warn you folks about this. By the way, um, Dahl wrote books like uh, Matilda, Charlie and the Chocolate, Chocolate Factory. But now they're saying that this is all about sensitivity, and all of these books have to be rewritten. Now, we were able to do some digging, and we have discovered, and I don't know about my sourcing on this, but Dylan, if we could just, uh, I'll give you the number, and if you could call just to verify to make sure we get the facts correct here. But in the new James Bond movie, uh, he's actually, James Bond is actually going to be a gender-fluid Nigerian who drinks turmeric juice, shaken, not stirred, drives a Tesla that shoots out Nerf bullets. So that's the new... The new James Bond. It's very unfortunate. Uh, let's go to the phones. Ernie in North Carolina on the talk station. Ernie, what's on your mind? Oh, I want to. I know you've changed topics. I'd like to go back to the Trump DeSantis thing. Yeah, that's okay. Who do you like? Who do you like between Trump and DeSantis? I like them both, but things were pretty darn good around here when Trump was running the show. No doubt about that. I'm an aging, I'm an aging baby, baby boomer, Vietnam way, and all that stuff. But my my 401k was growing. Uh, I had there was a lot going on here. I'm just making some making some extra money and all that stuff. And for the life of me, why is why did Trump attack DeSantis? He needs that guy. I have a theory, and and Ernie, I will share this theory again. I, I suspect that Trump wants to see if this guy can take a punch. That's, that's what I think that was all about. And, and I think that's a good thing. Uh, it's important for us to know because DeSantis, the, the guy will probably be president one of these days. And it's good to see how he can do in the middle of a political firefight. Yes, sir. You're absolutely right. And I think DeSantis took the punch. And that would be a formidable, formidable team. To, to win the next presidential election, and if it's if it comes to pass that the left wings and the liberals outnumber us, we're not going to win it. But if there's a chance, that is the team to have. There you go. Well, and and Ernie, a very important fact that we have to remind our, everyone of is that DeSantis has not thrown his name officially 
into the ring just yet. So we'll see how that plays out. Ernie, God bless you. Thanks for the call. I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Good friend of this program. He is the chairman of CPAC and of course the American Conservative Union. Uh, and CPAC is this coming week in Washington. We will be there. Matt, good to have you with us. I know you're busy uh, as all get out. So thanks for hanging out with us for the next few minutes. Great to be with you, Todd. And we're so excited you're going to be with us at CPAC again. It's it's going to be a lot of fun, and I love it. It's uh, there's always such a positive spirit and vibe uh, in the in the room, and of course this year back in Washington D.C., no doubt triggering a lot of liberals. Yeah, for sure. I mean, our theme is protecting America now, and part of that is this reclaiming of our nation our nation's capital. I mean, uh, Blue America believes that they control all the big cities, the big powerful cities, including our nation's capital. We think it's important. For us to come back, especially after getting the majority in the House of Representatives and after that standoff to reform how the House of Representatives is going to work, um, it's important for us to come back and reclaim this capital to show the swamp that, uh, you know, when uh, they don't get to control everything and the American people are rising up to take their government back. Now, Matt, I know you've got a lot of big names that are going to be speaking. I understand Kerry Lake is going to be there and, of course, President Trump. Yeah, Kerry Lake is going to headline the Reagan dinner on Friday night. By the way, you can still get tickets to CPAC if you go to CPAC.org. Um, a lot of things are selling out, but there are still tickets available. I'm very gratified that people are, even though they don't want to go to a big, broken, blue city, Todd, uh, they are coming because I think they know the time is short to turn the country around. And we're, pre- we're very pleased that President Trump is coming back to CPAC, um, as he did every year of his presidency and for the years before he uh, became president, and Carrie Lake is headlining our, ready, our Reagan dinner, and she is just an amazing person, and uh, I think that she's a leader of tomorrow for certain. What about Mike Pence? We had seen some reports over the weekend that he was not going to be going to CPAC. Uh, has he been invited, and if so, what did he say? Yeah, we've invited him the last several CPACs. I've talked to him on the phone about it, um, for whatever reason, he doesn't think it's the right time to come back to CPAC. You know, if he's going to run for president, and I don't know if he is or not, um, you should be at CPAC. Uh, you know, uh, there's a long tradition where the major presidential candidates come to CPAC. We have our straw poll. We have thousands of activists in the hall, as you know. But we have millions of people watching uh, on the Internet and um, online. And, you know, I just think it's a great opportunity for, to, for the Republican Party to make the statement that it's grassroots activists that determine who the next nominee is, not K Street, not Fat Cat, not, you know, the, the, the wealthy set in our biggest cities, but the grassroots folks that come from around the country. And I think it's, it's a great tradition that we're continuing. How about DeSantis? Uh, he's not coming either, and I think it's a missed opportunity. You know, he, he had a great record when he was in the House, great, almost a perfect voting record. He has come to, he, he's come to so many CPACs, obviously headlined the ones that were in Florida two years in a row during the ridiculous lockdowns, and I just have a lot of admiration for Ron DeSantis, but I do think it's a missed opportunity. He's not sending the right message if he actually intends to run. Mm. Matt Schlapp on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It's this is a great opportunity. It doesn't matter, you know, who you're for or against. It's an opportunity to get in front of the grassroots and say, "Hey, here's who I am. Here's what I believe." That's exactly right, and. The other thing, I just think it's, you know, the left really wants a CPAC of their own, and they can't seem to make it happen. And so they're going to spend all week trying to destroy CPAC, uh, 
write terrible things about uh, its leadership, and uh, it's all done because they're very they're very jealous, envious of the fact that uh, the conservative movement sets the tone with these conferences, which has a huge impact on the nominating process. And the mainstream media just can't stand the fact that conservatives uh, continue to play the loudest, have the loudest voice and biggest role in who are next nominee is going to be. I mean, the, the, in all likelihood, we will hear from the next Republican nominee from that stage. Um, and uh, and that's an important moment for all of us. Speaking of that, I thought it was interesting, Paul Ryan, over the weekend, saying that if Trump is the nominee, he's boycotting the RNC. What does that say about that wing of the party and that kind of mentality? Well, it just shows you that this loyalty that we were all supposed to have to them to support them, even though when they weren't our top choice. For instance, Mitt Romney was never my top choice. But, you know, I supported him. I wrote him a check, and he was our standard bearer. And that's kind of the way these rules are supposed to work. But, you know, if we pick somebody who's a strident, no-holds-barred conservative like Donald Trump to be our nominee, all of a sudden they throw all those rules out the window. Now, there's a lot of people that want Ron DeSantis to be the nominee, and he's done a great job as the governor of Florida. Uh, Ron DeSantis uh, will be treated the same way Donald Trump was, which is if he's able to get through this process and become the nominee, they will begin to hate on him. and They'll be able to say terrible things about him. It's the way the it's the way the system runs now. So if you have a Republican running who doesn't have a lot of terrible things said about them, it should make you scratch your head. Because uh, anybody who means to really upset the apple cart and drain the swamp, um, they're going to go after a hammer and tongs. Well, no doubt about that. And Matt, again, you mentioned tickets are still available. So where can people go if they want to want to grab a couple of tickets? Go to CPAC.org um, and, uh, and go fast because it all starts Thursday. Yep. It's, and we will be there. Uh, it's looking forward to a broadcasting from Radio Row. And uh, I'll be uh, moderating a panel with our great uh, friends over at the House Freedom Caucus. And Matt, always appreciate the invitation. Todd, we're happy you're going to be there. And we know a lot of your listeners will be there, and anybody who wants to join us, get those tickets today. Well said. All right, Matt Schlapp, ladies and gentlemen, who is the chairman of the American Conservative Union, CPAC, starts this week in Washington, D.C., and it's it's going to be a lot of fun, uh, folks. It's, it's like the Super Bowl for conservative politics. All right, we've got to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going right to the phones, 844-747-8868. That's 844-747-8868. Now, I want to tell you about Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative wireless carrier. They will be at CPAC, and we love Patriot Mobile. They've been longtime supporters of this program, and we've been telling you about the censorship of Newsmax on DirecTV owned by AT&T. So when you pay your AT&T bill, you're actually supporting the censorship of Newsmax and One America News. So here's what we'd like to encourage you to do. Make the switch to Patriot Mobile. I want you to go to PatriotMobile.com right now. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd. Now, we have a website set up. You can um, check out the coverage area. All sorts of great discounts. If you're a veteran or a first responder hero, they've got additional discounts for you. And everybody gets free premier activation if you use my promo code Todd. So again, that number, uh, that website rather, patriotmobile.com slash Todd, promo code Todd.
right, folks, let's get to the phones. 844-747-8868. Vera listening to us in beautiful Tiger, Georgia. Vera, what's on your mind today? Well, you know, people talk about the election in 2024. I would like to see us tie up the next 12 years. And we could do that if we run Trump with DeSantis as his uh, vice. And when that term is over, then we run a DeSantis for eight years. And we've tied up 12 years. Why do we have such short vision? It's a, it's a great question, Vera, and I, I, I appreciate you asking that because that's the big difference between the Democrats and the Republicans. Democrats always right. play the long game. So they're looking, right. they're looking ahead. And I'm with you. I, I still love the idea, even if DeSantis is not the VP, I still think that he could position himself as the governor of Florida, um, in the second term to be a very viable candidate in 2028. That's right. We got we got to sew it up though because we can. It it would be a shame not to. We've got good people, and I would love to see that team. Now I'd love to see that, but as you say, there are other ways of working it. But I think we'd better get a long vision, or we might as well go in the house. You know, here's the problem, Vera. We've got people like Paul Ryan in the party, and they're very powerful. Oh, <laughs> And yep. and they're willing to they're they're willing to sink the whole thing to make sure Trump doesn't get elected again. I know it, and I I would vote for him even if he wasn't running. I'd write him in. I mean, I am a Trump person, not for what he says, but for what that. There's nobody can lead us out of this but Trump. We just can't get out of this mess unless we get him back in there. He is he is a bulldog. He's a pit bull, and he will get it done. But he needs a good guy behind him. And I liked Pence, but Pence didn't have the spirit that he needed. And I think I think DeSantis does. You know, we've my- got to get we've got to get somebody that is not wrapped up in themselves. Uh, well, no doubt about that. And and my one issue with Mike Pence goes back to when he was governor of Indiana. And okay. he 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 backed away from protecting religious liberty because That's it right. riled up all those gay rights groups. You remember that, Vera? Yes, I sure do. I sure do because I, you know, I'm I have the back window of my car lettered all the time. Right now, it's lettered: "Government, get out of our way. We are Americans. We will figure this out." That's on the back window of my car. I like that. And and. Truckers go by me. The man who does it, it's it's professional. The man who does it will not even charge me. He said, I don't have the guts to do that. If you do, I'm going to be in. So, (laughs) you know, I just, I just, I'm about to take that off and put something for Trump on it. Somebody crashes into my car, that's fine. I've even got gap insurance. You know, I I just don't care. I, I have been a fighter all my life. And I'll tell you, we're not talking about Nikki right now, but I'll tell you what bothers me with Nikki Haley is that she has quit everything she's ever started. And, uh, you know, she just quits these things. Uh, She doesn't let her term run out. You look back and you'll find that. And I I just, I don't like the way she talks. She she is, she doesn't bring up anybody's name, but she talks about it. And uh, this thing about uh, the age limit and all. 
You know, why don't you just come right out and say we don't want Trump again? Well, there you, you go. Know, it's a great point. beat around in the bushes? I you know? love it. But I would love to see that team. And if there's anything you can do, to, I, you, I'll send you a picture of a car. It's going to be lettered with it. Vera, I so want to see that man. picture. <laughs> I love it. You'll get it. You'll All right. get it. Because I saw the uh, uh, sign man this morning, and he, he did me a thumbs up. So... <laughs> I love it. Vera, you give us a call back one of these days, and I want to see a picture. All right. Take care. (laughs) I love it. She's fired up. And you know what, folks? There are plenty of other people just like Vera from Tiger, Georgia. And I like the way she thinks. And, And she's right. We've got to start thinking long game here. We can't just be thinking about 2024. We've got to be looking beyond that. And we have to develop a bench. And dare I say, based on the George Santos episode, we've got to do a better job of recruiting candidates, and we've got to make sure that there is a vetting process in place, even at the local level. It's every single race matters. Every single political race matters. And I I just like the way Vera thinks. All right, 844-747-8868. That is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. 8868. Now, coming up in the next hour, we're going to be talking to our good friend Steve Gill and also Art Alley, who is founder of the Timothy Plan, is going to drop by. Also, we have an update. DeSantis finally pulled the plug on Disney. And a lot of it's interesting, there are a lot of conservatives that are upset with DeSantis for doing this, but I think he did the right thing here. Now, look, I want to explain this. Governor DeSantis signed a bill into law that ends Disney's self-governing power, and it puts Disney under the control of a state board. And this goes all the way back to the 60s when Disney was given preferential treatment, and that's where I have a problem. I don't think anybody deserves preferential treatment. So I say good for you, Governor DeSantis, on that one. All right, well, we got to take a break here. 844-747-8868, ToddSterns.com. Check that out. We'll be right back, America. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. And hello, America. Welcome to Hour 3 of the Big Show. Very happy to have you with us today. Wow, a lot going on out there. Uh, By the way, um, big movie over the weekend... The Jesus Revolution, which, by the way, happens to be a big sponsor of the Todd Sarns Radio program. So I hope you went out there to see the movie over the weekend. Kelsey Grammer, uh, one of the stars of the film, and it takes you back to the early days of the 1970s, the big Jesus movement uh, that swept across America and especially Southern California. And I asked our our managing editor of our website, Caleb Park, to step in. I know, Caleb, you went to go see the movie, and I also want to bring in our good friend Steve Gill, one of the top political commentators in the country. And Steve, uh, good to have you with us as well. It's good to be with you on this Monday. I went to see it yesterday. I didn't even know they were sponsors of your show, but uh, what a fabulous film. My biggest takeaway, Todd, is did, did people really dress like that 
in the early 70s, and I'm not talking about the hippies. I, I'm not talking about the no shoes and the, and the long hair. I'm talking about the adults with the wide lapels, the wide ties. Did we really dress like that in the 70s in this country? Well, I don't know about you. I was still a munchkin, <laughs> but I can tell you my parents did. So. <laughs> and, Caleb, I know you've been covering this story for a while, um, and, and especially the tie-in to the, the revival that's been going on at Asbury University. Yeah, that's right, Todd. And uh, that was one of the big reasons I wanted to go see the film. I, I saw it here in Memphis, and uh, the, the theater was packed. Uh, on a Saturday night, and um, it w- it was full of young people, and I think that was the interesting thing that you know a lot of times you when faith based movies come out, you see a lot of older folks going to see them, and this was primarily young people in the theater. Big crowd, big crowd. Every seat was taken. Wow, um, and it it, it kind of seemed like people were trying to sit in the aisles and stuff too, packed in. Um, it felt a little bit like a revival in there. And the thing that threw me off, uh, Steve, was that I don't know if you guys watched The Chosen, but the G- Jesus from The Chosen, yeah. jo- Jonathan Rumi, he threw me <laughs> off seeing Jesus as a pastor and, you know, sinning. I was like, what? What is Jesus doing? Why? So that was that was pretty funny to me. But um, I, I will say I cried. I laughed. I really enjoyed it. And I highly recommend the film fascinating it's and especially when you look at at what's been happening nationwide where uh universities all across the country now guys where they're having these revival these breakouts of revival yeah so the the asbury revival officially ended uh last thursday on the collegiate day of prayer and they had uh there's reports of the 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 city of wilmore had a a city of six thousand or town i guess um, had upwards of a hundred thousand people during the sixteen uh, day revival, and and it, now it's spread to reportedly twenty one campuses. Not all of them are ongoing like it was at Asbury, but they're having, you know, this unique time where there's revival breaking out, and I think that's what uh, drove a lot of people. And that this film was seven years in the making too, which was pretty cool. The the timing of it, the day after the revival ended. It went to theaters. Now, Steve, I was in first grade around this time. Um, I don't know how old you were, but do you remember that? Was there the Jesus movement, the revolution? Was that something that that uh, was covered by the media at the time? I, I was in like seventh and eighth grade at the time, so I don't have a, a lot of recollection about that you know, myself. But uh, I, I know that folks that were just a little older than I uh, did get uh, caught up in the whole thing. And I think what... What struck me, I think, let's see, in 68, when, when it, I think, kind of launched, and then it, it, it pretty much ended in 72. Um, yeah, so I was like sixth grade through eighth or ninth grade. Uh, but what struck me is that it, that it came to an end, and, and I'd be interested in kind of the, the history of, of how did something that was so vibrant come to such of, uh, an abrupt end uh, and now has kind of come back. Uh, I do. Uh, I do think I was uh, talking on the the morning show this morning that I love a god with a sense of humor. I mean, a god that can make an aardvark and a porcupine clearly has a sense of humor. But I like a god that also says, "Hey, y'all, watch this." So at the very mo- moment that this Asbury revival is taking place, and we're seeing this resurgence among another generation of youth embracing Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this movie hits the hits the theaters. And again, that's one of those God moments when he's literally going, hey, y'all watch this. You know, Caleb, I've been rather impressed watching 
the or it's really struck me as interesting watching the mainstream media try to cover uh, what happened out of Asbury. And, and you're a person of, of deep faith in addition to being a journalist. And I'm curious to hear your, your take on this. What do you think this means for the country? Yeah, I, I like I like what you said, Steve, too, uh, about the generational uh, impact, because I think one thing that's been, that was surprising about the uh, Asbury revival was, you know, it was this college in the middle of seemingly nowhere in Kentucky. Um, and it, it was Gen Z, you know, the the generation that's known for being on TikTok and uh, just, you know, not really known for uh being religious, but uh, I think that's one of the coolest things is that it was showing that it's it's the younger generation, and even in the the Jesus Re- Revolution movie, it was about these you know the hippies and the the more traditional crowd and kind of coming together, um, and I think that was something cool that I I heard from testimonies from Asbury is that it was generations uh, coming together, um, people from all different backgrounds coming together. And it's it's all uniting around, uh, you know, one name, Jesus. And, you know, there wasn't any big names. And I think that's what kind of, you know, made the media question, like, what is really happening here? You had Tucker Carlson ask, you know, the the student body president, what is this? Because I think, you know, it's it's not some music. It's not some big name. It was it was about Jesus. And I think that yeah. is very surprising to the mainstream media. All right. Well, Caleb Park, thanks for uh, popping in and uh, offering some thoughts on this, the Jesus Revolution. Got to go see this movie, folks. It, it's really wonderful. And, uh, Caleb, I knew that you had gone. I want to get your firsthand thoughts. Appreciate that. Thanks, Todd. Always good to be here. All right. Caleb Park, the managing editor of ToddStearns.com. Steve Gill joining us as well. And, uh, Steve, on another big issue uh, in Tennessee, the state poised to become the first in the nation, the first in the nation to implement a ban on these gender transition surgeries for minors. Yeah, I think that the, there are a lot of disturbing things about this. The the permanency of these uh, surgeries on minors uh, that, uh, you know, you had somebody from Vanderbilt University actually commenting about how it's a money maker for them. So the profit motive, the the permanency of these uh, dramatic decisions at, at very, very young ages for these kids, whether it's their parents making the decision uh, from some sort of a perverted approach by them or whether it's these you know, 10, 12-year-old kids saying, well, I, I think I really feel like a girl or a boy. Uh, the permanence is disturbing. But to me, Todd, what's what's more disturbing is that the Democratic Party as a party is is so embracing these sorts of just disgusting uh, approaches to how we handle mental health issues. And, and the same thing is with the drag shows for, for children. I mean, if adults want to dress like a like a, a, a a woman and cavort and gyrate and and do these perverted dances for other adults. You know, I'm, I'm not happy with that, but that's their own business. But when they seem absolutely dedicated to doing it in front of young children, to to bringing their perverted performances to young children, that's disgusting. But what's more disgusting is that the Democratic Party is such morally depraved as a party that they are defending the drag shows they are defending these permanent surgeries for young children who clearly have mental health issues and i think this is a a bigger story than just the perversion that is taking place in our society it's that the democratic party is so adamant about defending it yeah no doubt about that and and they are and again if you're an adult 
you know, uh, hey, look, go do whatever you want to do. If you want to go to the drag bar, you want to go to the strip club, I would not recommend it, uh, but that is your right. On the other side of the table, though, uh, Steve, and I do, this is going to be interesting to see how the Republicans respond to this. There are some restaurant chains out there. Uh, one of them in particular has been called out, a, a, a restaurant in Nashville called Twin Peaks that uh, features yes. scantily clad women. And the the point the other side is making is, well, wait a second. You know, some of those drag queens have more clothing on than these girls do that are serving at the, at the, at the restaurants. So how do you square that up? Well, when I go to Twin Peaks, I make a point of looking around to see if there are any 12-year-olds there, and I haven't ever seen one. So I don't well, think it's a matter go. that you've got folks that are taking their 6, 8, and 10, and 12-year-old kids to see scantily clad women. Though I would also point out that at the beach, you're going to see women in bikinis that are wearing a lot less than the drag queens. The difference is, for the most part, they're not doing these sexually provocative performances on the beach in front of young children. They are certainly not doing it at Twin Peaks or at Hooters. They are scantily clad, uh, and they are definitely selling hot looks, but they are not performing for children. And and the left can never grasp that rather big distinction that, again, if if some fat guy wants to dress up like a woman and 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 shake his uh, shake his booty, God bless you. But but if you start bringing children in in front of that, a why do they want to perform in front of children? And B, who are these sicko parents that think it's going to be a good promotion of cultural value to bring their child to see that? Bingo. Again, I'm not seeing a bunch of 12 year olds at at uh, 10, Twin Peaks, but they're not performing at Twin Peaks either. Uh, th- there you go, and that's the whole point: is that they're 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 not simulating sexual acts while they're serving you chicken wings. So there you go. All right. Not uh, that I've noticed. <laughs> Thank you, I'm too focused on the chicken wings, Todd. Of course you know you me. You put a plate of chicken wings in front of me, I'm not going to notice anything else. <laughs> that's a fair point. Yeah, that's true, Steve. Oh, wow. All right. Uh, Steve, we're going to leave it there. Uh, always good hearing from you, and uh, we always appreciate your great insight. Get back <laughs> to those chicken soon. wings. Thanks, Todd. All right. Steve Gill, everybody. Uh, on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Okay, we got to take a break here. Um, I am curious. Have you seen the Jesus Revolution? Have you seen the movie? What is your take over these reports of revival that have been breaking out all over America? Is there something to this? 844-747-8868. This is the Todd Stern Show. All right, let's get to the phones. 844-747-8868. Jackson in Iowa. Jackson, what's on your mind? Hey, Todd. You there, Todd? I'm there. Go for it, Jackson. You were talking about the uh, Jesus Revolution and uh, last week, I believe, and you kept bringing it up. And I said, I remember that because I dug through my closet and I looked for my old... Uh, what I did was I got for my graduation. It tells you how old I am. My parents gave me a denim coat for graduation, and on that I put a patch. And what do you think that patch was, uh, Todd? What was it, Jackson? I'm curious. The Jesus Revolution. Is that right? Yes, I have it with Jesus' face on it. It's purple and yellow. (laughs) That's that's old school right there, Jackson. And I have it for proof. I wish I could send you a picture of it. I'm not lying because I really have it. Forgot I had it. No, I believe you. I I do remember the Jesus Revolution because I lived it. 
it was really something unique, and, and out of that revolution was birthed uh, what is now known as the contemporary Christian music uh, era, where you've, um, at the time, you know, church music was a choir and an organ and piano. Right. And right. Uh, then you had the guys, uh, what, Larry Norman, uh, Keith Green, who was an uh, old-school um uh, musician back in the day, and some really beautiful music coming out of that uh, that well, era. Speaking of that, Todd, in our church, this is a Catholic church. Father allowed uh, a person to play a guitar up there, and it was the George Harrison's "My Sweet Lord." Is that I couldn't right? believe it in the church, <laughs> in the church house. But I love that song, and Father said, "Okay." There you go. There you I go. I couldn't believe that we're playing it in our church. Well, that's what I call hip boy. That's hip in them days. Jackson, you got to go watch this movie. It's going to bring back a lot of memories, I suspect. I would suspect, because uh, you brought it up, and had, if it hadn't been to you, I wouldn't have dug out my closet. But All right. There it was. And wear the jacket, uh, Jackson. I wore it back then proud, and people never gave me any rip about it, because I was proud I loved Jesus. There you go. Jackson, good hearing from you, and uh, thanks for that memory. That's a good one right there. You know, it was funny. Kelsey Grammer was on uh, with... Oh, what's the morning show? It used to be with Regis, Kelly, and uh, whoever it is. Oh, Seacrest. And uh, Kelsey Grammer got, he, man, he just got tore up on the, they they asked him about the movie. He stars as Chuck Smith, the pastor. And, man, he was really emotional. And uh, Kelsey uh, has been pretty open about talking about his faith. It's, it's really an encouraging thing to see. All right, uh, speaking of not encouraging, Royers Field or Royers Ford, Pennsylvania, There's a big problem at the local Chick-fil-A, the official chicken of our Lord. It seems that some of the teen patrons have been acting like the devil. So apparently the problem all started when parents began dropping off their kids at Chick-fil-A on weekends and after school. And basically the Chick-fil-A restaurant became a big babysitting club. And the staffers had to babysit these kids. But these were not like good and decent church kids. These were rabble-rousers. And it, according to the local uh, Chick-fil-A, they posted an item on Facebook and said, hey, look, we got problems here. These, these kids are disrespecting employees. They're saying horrible things. They're vandalizing the restaurant. They're terrorizing our paying customers, and we don't know what to do. So finally, the local franchise owner said enough is enough. And they announced that any child under the age of 16 would no longer be allowed to eat inside the restaurant without a parent. And that seems to be a a pretty reasonable approach, right? They said the kids could still order food, but they would have to eat their waffle fries somewhere else because the kids are no longer welcome. I mean, how bad of a human being do you have to be to get banned from Chick-fil-A? That's pretty rough. Chick-fil-A says they're a family-friendly restaurant, and they want to ensure that all of their diners are comfortable and safe. And then they went on to to reach out to the parents, moms and dads, and they said that parents are not to blame for the situation. Now, I completely disagree with this. It seems to me that's exactly who's to blame, because clearly these kids were not raised right. Now, I know some of you are going to have little Eddie Haskells. And if you remember Leave It to Beaver, you know who I'm talking about. They're all nice and polite in front of the adults. But when the adults go away, they turn into these holy terrors, the spawn of Satan. 
But by and large, if you've got kids behaving like this, this is a parental issue. And it seems to me that mommy and daddy ought to be taking the belt to these kids. I mean, acting like a fool up in a Chick-fil-A. Come on. That's ridiculous. You know, I remember my generation, we are the generation Gen X. We are the ones who pioneered going to the mall to hang out. You didn't have any of that rabble-rousing back when I was growing up. Went down to the mall, had a good time, maybe did a little bit of shopping. Everybody was well-behaved. You didn't have folks pulling out guns, shooting each other. And you know why? Because our parents would have shot us when we got back home. I'm just telling you. See, parents back when I was growing up, they knew how to parent. And it involved a stern lecture accompanied with a belt or a switch. Your choice in many cases. All right, so who's to blame here at the Chick-fil-A? They've turned it into, I don't know. What do you want to call it? It's just terrible what they've done to the official chicken of our Lord. Desecrating a holy poultry place. Good Lord, America. 844-747-8860. No, I blame the parents. I really do. More bad news for Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert. Now they've canceled an upcoming book project. Jeez, Lou. I mean, they're really, the cancel culture mob really going after this guy. And as I pointed out in the first hour of the program, it's important to understand what he was talking about in context. And what he was telling us is that, hey, there's a big problem when you've got 47% of black Americans who say it's not okay to be white. That's a problem. And so in response to that, uh, Scott Adams uh, went out of his, you know, went out of his way on his blog, his video blog, to explain why, you know, why um, he had a problem with all of this. And I think, look, you may not agree with the way he said it, and I certainly don't. I think he could have framed it better, the argument, but it's it's worth a conversation, and nobody wants to have that conversation. Why in the world are people not talking about the fact that 47% of black Americans in the survey think it's wrong to be white? What do they want us to do about it? It's unbelievable. All right, 844-747-8868 is our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. Just got an email from Howard. Uh, listening to us in the North Georgia mountains. Howard says that um, he went to the movie Friday talking about the Jesus revolution, and it was absolutely great. The people of the movie clapped on some of the parts, but we had a bunch of local folks in the theater. The cast was picked perfectly for the parts they played. We are telling everyone to go, and a couple of churches are looking into going in a, as a group and maybe even renting one of the theaters. Howard, I think that's a great idea. Glad you enjoyed the movie. All right, I want to go to the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker line. Always an honor to have the founder of Timothy Plan with us, our good friend Art Alley. Art, how are you today? Hey, Todd, I'm just fine. Boy, you get into some strange things, but uh, thank God you do. Well, you know, somebody's got, form, man. somebody's <laughs> got to jump into this mess. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Art, it's insane. Just insane. But what I Well, lo- it is insane. The world is insane right now, and it's because we have turned our back on the creator of the universe. No and doubt we about it. We're smarter than he is, and boy, we're going to find that out. 
uh, how how wrong that is. Anyway, Art, I've been I've been talking, I've been saying good things about you over the past couple of weeks. So we've been telling uh, people oh, about man, I. I better hang up then. <laughs> no, no, no. We've been telling people about DirecTV and AT&T. They canceled Newsmax, removed Newsmax TV from their platforms. They've done the same thing to One American News. So basically, they're censoring conservative news outlets. And one of the things that we've been telling people is you've got to find a different cell phone carrier, one that is not going to be uh, fighting against free speech. And uh, we've been uh, telling people that that's exactly what you guys do at Timothy Plan. When it comes to investing and finding companies to be involved in, you guys are at the forefront of this effort to uh, invest biblically in companies. Well, you bet. Uh, or at least not invest with, with people who are trying to destroy us, Todd. And it's crazy that... Uh that we've kind of gotten a little careless and paying attention to what's going on. Uh, but we do all the research for everybody, and we can let them know what these companies are doing. We can let people know uh, where their investments are. It would shock them uh, if there are people of any kind of value system at all to find out some of the stocks that they own that their financial consultant helped them invest in. Uh, makes no sense, but uh, it, it's just a matter of of knowing where to look. We do it all for you. We make it so easy. Uh, all you have to do is do what the Lord says. And uh, second, you know, I, I don't like people who pick out a verse of Scripture here and there, but every once in a while it's worth picking out. And Second Corinthians uh, uh, 6.17, Come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. Now, how much more clear can that part be? So we're not just making this up. This is what Scripture tells us to do. And, of course, Timothy Plan, you guys are a family of award-winning faith-based mutual funds. You've been doing this for more than 25 years, and you exist to help advisors and investors achieve their financial goals through a pro-life pro-family approach to investing. And I'll tell you, uh, flat out, Art, as I don't, I didn't like Starbucks because their coffee tastes burnt, but I would go there for their iced tea until I started reading up, thanks to your materials, about who Starbucks was actually supporting and what they were doing with that money I was paying for that glass of iced tea. Yeah, and how the, the head of Starbucks just thumbed his nose at anybody that had any values at all. And just flat told them, you go somewhere else. We don't want your business. Well, I happen to like Starbucks coffee, but I haven't had Starbucks in the last seven, eight years. Uh, They are really one of the ones pursuing an unholy agenda. Why would I want to uh, encourage them, uh, let them profit from my purchases when they're exactly polar opposite of my value system? It's a great question. Uh, folks, timothyplan.com is the website, timothyplan.com. You know, Art, I was watching the news yesterday, and actually I was listening to the radio, and, and someone was saying, hey, prices starting to go up again, and there's a report out that Americans are spending more money, uh, even with inflation, which does not seem to be easing up at all. Well, you know, that that is a, a bit of a blip because it will not go on forever. And uh, that's where, you know, we're heading towards some very interesting times ahead. 
But, you know, bottom line, if you, if you step back and look at the situation, yeah, we're in a mess. Yeah, we've got leadership that has created this mess to a large degree. But all leadership uh, is supporting uh, something that is going to bankrupt the United States of America. And that's this uh, uncontrolled spending, which has our national debt in the stratosphere now that can never be repaid. And that nobody is thinking in terms of the level of the debt and just do a calculation at a moderate interest rate. And when the Fed keeps raising rates, how much more that adds to our deficit without spending a dime on anything else. Uh, it is totally irresponsible. And Art, one of Nobody the, needs to say stop. Well, one of the big, big debates here is on the debt ceiling. And the Republicans, they talk the good talk. You know, well, we're not going to do it. We're not going to do it this time. But they always turn around and do it, raising, do it, raising the debt ceiling. Um, what? Where's? What's your take on this? On um, what? On the, the debt ceiling. Debt? Yeah. Should we raise the debt ceiling or should we just say that's it? Absolutely not. Draw a line in the sand and say enough is enough. Quit spending money uh, totally irresponsibly. Uh, you don't have to raise taxes. Just quit spending so much money uh, and start shrinking our national debt. Uh, any other approach is going to lead to a total disaster. You know that's what gets me, Art. Uh, I bought this. I bought the radio company uh, in the in right as the pandemic was getting underway. We were we managed to survive all of that. Uh, we we didn't have to lay anybody off. We didn't have to lower anybody's salaries. We just lived within our means. And you, you look at what's happening in Washington D.C. and you're like, guys, how difficult is this for you to understand? Well, you know, I saw a statistic a while ago that that was alarming. I mean. Of all of the uh, members of Congress that make all these decisions, something like only 3% of them have ever worked for a living. They have no foundational base of understanding of how to balance a budget or uh, any of the rest. It's just easy money and buy votes and keep on going and hand it off to the next group about pretty soon. It's got to implode, and uh, why uh, Americans aren't up in arms against this national debt is something that amazes me. Uh, same, same here, Art. Same here, um, Art. Before we let you go um, again, I want you to explain why our listeners need to go check out TimothyPlan dot com. Well, we make it easy, Todd. I mean, call one eight hundred Tim Plan. You're going to find out a computer does not answer our phone. A human being does. And they will connect you with another human being who will help answer all your questions. And uh, we do all the heavy lifting for you. All you have to do is call us. Check our website, timothyplan.com. But I encourage people to call us. Uh, find out how easy it is to um, uh, let us uh, explain to you uh, everything we do and how we can help you should you choose uh, to allow us to do that. That's why we're there. I love it. And, and folks, I would encourage you, take advantage of this great opportunity. Uh, again, timothyplan.com. Uh, before I let you go, Art, Miss Bonnie doing well? Uh, I am sitting, uh, thank you for asking, I'm sitting in the hospital room with her right now. Well, well. Uh, for the, she does have uh, Aggressive leukemia is being mm. treated, 
uh, and it's been it's going to be it's going to be quite a an adventure, but it sure is life changing for us. Well, you please tell her we and our audience are praying for both of you guys uh, during these days. Yeah. yeah, thank you. That 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 is the most important thing people could do, and we appreciate that more than we can say. It is, but uh, yeah, but she's a trooper, and we are going to uh, make it through this. But in the meantime, it's kind of no fun. I understand. I understand. I completely. All right, Art. God be with you, and uh, Godspeed, and uh, give Miss Bonnie our best, and we'll both definitely be praying for you guys. Okay, my friend. I appreciate you more than I can say. Art Alley. Take care and God bless. All right, Art Alley, ladies and gentlemen, timothyplan.com. And uh, this is truly a man of God right here, folks. And uh, he and his wife, just the sweetest people. And I certainly hope that you'll uh, you'll remember them in these days as Miss Bonnie is going through this this illness. All right, we've got to take a break. 844-747-8868. That's our toll-free telephone number. That's 844-747-8868. May I tell you about the latest invention from our good friend, Mike Lindell at MyPillow. It's called the MyPillow 2.0. This thing is unbelievable. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I, I like it cold when I sleep, so 68 degrees on the thermostat. And the pillow, though, always gets a little bit toasty. Well, that's why Mike Lindell has come to the rescue. He has a brand-new pillow called MyPillow 2.0. And this pillow has new technology that makes it incredibly cool. That's right. It's something to do with temperature regulating thread. It's way above my pay grade. But all I can tell you is the MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you will ever own. And get this, my listeners, you're going to be able to get a buy one, get one free special. It's the MyPillow 2.0 buy one, get one free offer on MyPillow.com slash Starnes. MyPillow.com slash Starnes. Got to use my last name as the promo code, and they're going to give you some great discounts. Again, MyPillow.com slash Starnes. Welcome to the Todd Stearns Radio Program. Hey, if you haven't if you haven't taken the time to check out our great website, we have one of the top websites in all of conservative talk radio. Usually, Hannity and I are back and forth between number one and number two, and uh, we really would appreciate you checking out uh, all the great stories. And we also have a pretty awesome store, and so you can get yourself uh, a great ball cap, uh, t-shirts, you name it. All of my books are there as as well. And uh, we would love for you to uh, to be a part and help support us as we continue to grow this radio program. All right, this story from Vermont, Bernie Sanders country. Mid-Vermont Christian School had to withdraw from the state basketball tournament the other day. They're the Eagles. Well, the Lady Eagles forfeited because the opposing team had a biological male playing on the team. And, of course, Mid-Amer or Mid-Vermont is a Christian school, and therefore they refused to play against biological males, or at least with their with their basketball team, the, the girls' basketball team. The school administrator says they believe that competing against a biological male jeopardizes the fairness of the game and the safety of the players. And it's a fair point they raise here. 
They also believe it sets a bad precedent for the future of women's sports in general. So the problem here, though, is the school athletic governing board says, we've got no problem with this. We have absolutely no problem with boys who think they are girls playing against the girls. And so a lot of people are upset at the Lady Eagles. And they say that the Lady Eagles are the ones who are violating the state's discrimination laws. And they don't believe that Mount Vermont or Mid-Vermont Christian schools should be receiving any state money. Now, I think the school here, the reasoning is not wrong. I mean, I, I remember a few months ago, there was a female volleyball player, and she was seriously injured when the other team, there was a dude who thinks he's a girl, and this dude literally spiked the ball in the poor child's face, got knocked out. And so the whole point about a safety issue is a, is a real is a real danger, and especially on a basketball team. And then you've got the fairness component of this. Is it fair for boys to compete against girls? And this has been well documented. We had on the program a couple of weeks ago a young lady who came in behind Leah Thomas, the male swimmer swimming with the girls at the University of Pennsylvania. Was her name Gaines is her name. And we all know how that worked out. And you can just Google how many times a biological female has actually come up short in a race, whether it's swimming or cross country or track and field, against a boy. So this is just yet another example of how the sex and gender revolution is really destroying women's athletics. And it's shameful that the Lady Eagles forfeited, but I get it. I mean, they simply have a problem with biological girls competing against biological boys, and I don't blame them one bit. But I'm telling you, folks, this is only going to get worse. And it's, it's not going to change until men and women stand up and say this is nonsense, that God made boys and girls. And if they want to push the issue, that fine. They can have a transgender athletic team. They can create a whole separate division. But there's no reason why girls should be forced to compete against boys. It's, it's just not right. So anyway, I would encourage you, read my book, Culture Jihad. We actually talk about this. We have a good time in that book. There are a lot of good chuckles. But we we really lay out what's going on here, and, and the ultimate goal is for the left to destroy the nuclear family in America. This is the whole point of Black Lives Matter, by the way. And they still have this in their founding documents. I know they removed it from the website, but their goal is to fundamentally transform the nuclear family, mom, dad, and children. And they want to destroy that. And they truly believe that government is the better parent, which is why we're seeing all of these attacks on men and women and gender and sex. It's all a pretty devious plot, but I think we can still beat them. I think we can whoop them. I really do. You know why? Because our men don't wear stiletto heels. I'm just telling you. Hey, folks, that music means we got to scoot out of here. Been a great show. Let's do it all over again tomorrow. Be good, America.
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.